wow, and some things are, you know, really strange. Um, I thought it was strange that you picked the one person in the church that cannot carry a tune to sing all the specials in the church. I thought that was really strange. But, you know, uh, that was nothing compared to what we saw on our last trip. On our last trip, my wife is coming around the building, and it's really kind of a a strange setup because the building is two-story, and the only parking lot for the church is behind the church. You walk around, you walk in on the top story. There's no parking in front of the church. It's a little bitty town out in the middle of nowhere. So you would have thought there would have been a lot more space than that. But anyways, she's coming around the corner of the building, and she looks through the window, and she saw what she thought was a bald man. And uh, she comes around the corner, comes in the church, and then she looks back in the office, and she realizes it's not a man. It's a woman. And so she's thinking, wow. Okay, maybe she just has chemo. Maybe she has cancer. Starting to feel sorry for her, going about her business. And... Uh, She's thinking, okay, this is the church secretary. She goes, uh, we're doing some things, getting ready for church to start, and she's down in the basement with the, the, uh, this lady, and uh, then she hears the pastor say, honey, and this lady responds. And she's like, no way, this is the pastor's wife. And so we're still, though, we're feeling sorry for her. We're, not, we're just feeling so sorry for her, we don't even want to ask, you know? And so we're thinking she has cancer or whatever. So, um, very strange church. Um, they did several things that were kind of different. Uh, they had like a little puppet show between Sunday school and church. It wasn't the most organized thing. And like the whole church service stops while pastor talks to the few kids on the front row. Just different, you know. And so finally after church, they invite us over to their house to eat. So we come over to their house and, and, and we start looking on the, the pictures on the wall. And you could see that this was not like a recent thing that she didn't have hair. Like you can see when the very first child was born, they were just a baby. And then the picture, she has no hair. And you see all the stages. She never wore a wig. I don't know why, but she never wore a wig. And uh, even in her wedding picture, it was very obviously fake hair. You know, it didn't look real at all. And uh, um, so it, to us, it was really strange to go to a church where the pastor's wife doesn't even wear a wig. So had no eyebrows, no eyelashes, just completely bald. It's like, whoa, I've never seen somebody like that, even in Walmart. So, um, <laughs> um, no, enough of that. I want to share with you something out of the book of Acts in chapter number nine. For about the last month of traveling, um, we've, every time I talk to a supporting pastor or even other places outside of Heritage, but especially here, people often ask us, is there anything that you need? And, you know, there are a lot of things that we potentially are going to need when we get to the field, but we really don't know what that is. And, uh, you know, we're taken care of as far as getting on the airplane. We've got a plane tickets and all that. So there's really nothing. And you feel like they're asking you if there's anything financially that you need. And uh, I don't know. I think we're taken care of right now. But there's something that's been on my heart and um, that I want to share with you. And I, the pastor was talking about, you know, uh, not twisting scripture last night. And for me, not that I tried to twist scripture, but I had this idea in my head. And I thought, this is a great idea. I'm going to study this out. I'm going to preach this message. And I come to the Bible and I find out that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> so a um, little bit different than what I had in mind. But I want to share this thought with you out of, out of uh, uh, Acts chapter number 9. You all remember the story of Paul and how that they led him down through a basket with a basket uh, down the wall. And uh, this is what we call uh, rope holders. We have a little thing on the back. Uh, talking about rope holders and how that we do use that for missions conference. 
But really in this passage, um, that is not the interpretation. Remember what pastor said, one interpretation, many applications. That's not the interpretation exactly. Um, that would be an application. But I want to share with you um, maybe a little bit different application and, and hopefully the interpretation here. But look now with me in uh, verse number, I'll pick it up in verse number 17, uh, chapter number 9 of Acts, verse number 17. The Bible says, And Ananias went his way and entered into a house, into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been, scales and he received sight forthwith and rose and was baptized and when he had received meat was strengthened then certain then Saul sorry then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he was that he is the son of God but all that heard him were amazed and said is not this he that destroyed them which called on his name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. And Paul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying away was known of Saul, and they watched the, the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. So I want you to think about the timeline here, because this is very important. Um, can I have a, a college student to help me? One of the guys, Samuel, why don't you help me this morning? Stand over here by the door, and when, you, when I motion, and you can walk this way. Yeah, this door. I'm right-handed. So um, you're fine. I want you to think about the Saul. Okay, we know he's not a child. We know he's a grown man. Um, you know that uh, from other passages that he was a very devout uh, uh, Christian, or not really Christian, but uh, Jew, and, and his, the Judaism, uh, he studied at the feet of Gamaliel, and he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a very um, good Jew, if you will. So understand, here is uh, Saul. He's not called Paul at this time, he's called Saul. But here's Saul, and he's, he's an adult, and he's so zealous for his cause, um, and that he's against Christ, and he's trying to... Uh, round up all these Christians and throw them in jail. And so um, he's on his way to Damascus. And when he gets to Damascus, uh, before he gets to Damascus, he sees this bright light. We didn't read that part of the passage. Um, but he sees this bright light, and uh, that's when God speaks to him, and he gets saved. He puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But now he comes to, um, he comes to the, uh, this man named Ananias, and this man named Ananias tells him, um, basically uh, how to get saved a little bit and, and baptizes him and he lays his hands on him his eye, scales fall off of his eyes and Ananias is, uh, so to speak, teaching him the right way. And this is very, I mean, he's just getting saved and he's with the disciples certain days, the Bible says, we don't know how long, but some period of time between when he was casting people into jail and when he, before he preaches. There's some period of time, the Bible says certain days. So here you have a very young Christian, we don't know how young, but very young, um, not ignorant to the scripture, he studied the scripture before, but certainly ignorant to the ways of Christ, okay? So here you have this young Christian, and then there's another period of time we don't know how long it is. And that is this time when he is, he is teaching, 
and preaching Jesus Christ. Okay, there was another period of time when he's preaching Jesus Christ. From Galatians, we know that there was a period of time he goes to Arabia, then he comes back to Damascus for three years. I am not entirely certain if that is all in this little segment of time or if that is another time, but we understand that there is a period of time here. I want you to understand that this is not the Apostle Paul. This is Saul. This is, I mean, if you want to call him Paul, this is not the apostle. This is not the missionary apostle Paul yet. I want you to think about the fact that this is a young Christian. And if you think about what it meant for him to go preaching, this would be more like street preaching or more like soul winning, not like um, preaching from the pulpit. This was not when he gathered all the Christians together and he edified the Christians. Okay, this is somebody who is just... Um, preaching about Jesus Christ, just trying to teach people how to be saved. Understand, this is not a missionary, or not the missionary Apostle Paul that we know him as. If you look in verse chapter number 13, I'm not going to read it, but that's the story about where Paul and Barnabas were called to be missionaries, and the church laid hands on them and sent them out. So understand, this is not a missionary as we know it yet. This is just a young Christian. This is just a disciple. Think about these disciples, what they're going to do is not because, hey, they know this is the great Apostle Paul. At this point, he's just barely not the one that's killing them anymore. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's like a convict that's sitting in the church, you know. I mean, he's an ex-convict, you know. He's, he's got saved, and we're so glad they got saved, and we're so glad they're in church. But, you know, most of us are still going to be like, he was just in jail. He was just killing somebody. You know, he was just a really, really bad person. And I'm not sure how saved he is yet. You know, he's sitting in church, but I'm just not sure how saved he is yet. And all of what these disciples do to this new Christian, I want you to understand this was not the missionary. You know, I look at the group here tonight, uh, this morning. Some of you, a few of you remember me when I was in college, when I used to eat ice cream by the bucket when I used to drive a car that didn't have any handles on the inside. You know, a few of you remember that me as that David Smith. A few of you, even less of you, remember me as a child. Okay? Most of you, when you think of David Smith, probably, I'm assuming, you think of me either on, on staff or when I um, actually have been on deputation as a missionary, per se. That's your perspective of, of me. But here in this passage, these people's perspective of this man was not the great Apostle Paul, the missionary that has started so many churches, or even the missionary that's going to do such a great work for God. He's just a new believer. You can have a seat. Thanks so much. I want you to, to think about um, who Apostle Paul was. You know, Apostle Paul was that new believer. And I think of in our church, um, there's many people in our church that are here since I started deputation, and uh, that they've come from another church. But there are people that are newer Christians. I don't know how long the Millers have been in our church, but I know that uh, them coming to Heritage was around the time when they got saved. And I think of, of Apostle Paul maybe as like Brother Miller. He's learning, he's growing, he's going out soul winning. Man, he's, it's really exciting to see them learn and grow. But he's not what you would say, oh, he's a missionary. He's not, he's not God hasn't called him yet. God hasn't, we have, the church hasn't ordained him yet. Understand, he's just a new disciple. He's a new Christian. But I want you to think about what these disciples did. 
First thing I want you to think about in verse number, uh, verse number 25, the Bible says, then the disciples, these unnamed group of people, but what does God call them? God calls them disciples. Okay, so the, the word disciple means to be a pupil or a learner, somebody that's in school, not, figurat not literally, but um, figuratively, they're learning. But now think about this, this is a disciple, this is a believer that's learning. Not just a believer, but there's somebody that's actually learning. Now think about, in this same chapter, there's another man that's named. His name is Ananias. The Bible calls him a disciple. We see him not learning. We see him teaching. We see him on the other end, helping Apostle Paul and, and baptizing him and, and laying his hands on him and all those things. But the Bible calls him a learner. You know, in your life, uh, you say, I know I'm in school now, but really, spiritually, you need to never learn, leave the school of learning about the Bible and learning the way God wants you to live. Never learn, leave that position. Oh, someday you may be a Sunday school teacher. You may be a pastor. You may be teaching other people. But hopefully you never stop learning. You know why you never stop being that disciple? Because if the, as, the, as the common phrase says, the saying goes, if you stop learning, then you will stop teaching. And for us, we want to help this person, this new believer uh, named Saul. We want to help that person with a basket. You know why? Because Apostle Paul reached a lot of people those disciples in Damascus never saw. But they had to help him. And I want you to think about the fact that they were a disciple. Um, you imagine this group of people together, um, this period of time between Apostle Paul getting baptized and the time that now they're going to they're kill him. This period of time, I imagine Apostle Paul is with these very same people. Okay, The same people that are letting him down in Damascus are the same people that he's running with, he's hanging out with. We know the Bible says he tarried with the disciples certain days. And he was with them for several days before he started preaching, but now he's been with them and he's been preaching. They're all going to testify later about how he's been preaching and how, what great job he's been doing as a preacher. But these people saw him as a fellow uh, Christian, not as a leader. He was just a fellow Christian. They weren't letting their pastor down in a basket, their, their most respected person in their group. This was just another believer. You know, there is a host of people that are not here today that had an influence on my life when I was a young person. And I can go back in, in different points of my life that, you know, um, I was less spiritual, I was less desiring to be a missionary and somebody took me under their wing and in one conversation or a couple conversations or a couple months I'm out of my life and it really had an impact on my life. And I was that person in a basket, in their basket, that they were trying to let down the wall to try to escape what Satan wanted for my life. You know, in your basket is not a missionary. It's not somebody uh, that's doing something great for God right now. It's just a disciple. Just somebody that's learning and growing. Just somebody that probably has some rough edges. No doubt, Apostle Paul, when he started preaching, I would imagine, and this is not in the Bible, but this is just my imagination, this is my opinion, okay, that the, probably the disciples brought him back after he preached that day and said, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't say it that way. You know, because uh, you're, you're giving them this idea or that idea. 
And, you know, it, probably there were some times like that. He was a new Christian. He wasn't this great uh, preacher, this great apostle Paul. He was just a young Christian. But had somebody not let him down the wall, and had those men got their way and killed apostle Paul, there would never have been the great missionary that we know. There would have never been 200 some churches started because of the ministry of Apostle Paul. But somebody was a disciple. Somebody was learning and trying to do what they knew to do, but also trying to learn something new in the, in the Bible. Notice with me, not only were these disciples, notice with me that they were the ones that were there. There are many other great disciples like Peter, all the other apostles. None of them were in Damascus. None of them had the opportunity to let Apostle Paul down with a rope because they weren't there. I want you to think about the importance of these disciples being in Damascus at this time. You know, it's very important that you are where God wants you to be at the right time. Had the, these disciples heard that there was, you know, they were getting ready to kill some more Christians and they said, oh, we're out of here. And they had left their place. There had been nobody to let Apostle Paul down. You know, they could not have done what God asked them to do. They would not have had that fruit to lay to their account. I want you to think about these disciples not only were learners, but these disciples were in a particular place. These disciples, I think, were not thinking, wow, we're going to do something great for God tonight. We're going to let this guy down with a rope. These disciples were just doing what they thought they knew was right for them to do. They were just doing their duty, just doing what they knew they were supposed to do. And hey, you know, I think about, you know, what does David Smith need as going to a mission field? I need somebody to stay at Heritage Baptist Church and to be faithful. Hey, I can't stay on the field if Christians in America don't keep going to church. And not only just keep going to church, if you only come to church, someday there'll just be a handful of people here. People die, people leave, different things happen. You have to be, do your part to bring new people into the church. If the church doesn't bring new people in, eventually it's going to die completely. What do I need as a missionary? I need somebody to continue to do their part here in Lawrence, Kansas. I hope that you understand it's not about um, how much money I can put in the offering plate. It's not about how rich I am to, in the, to help in the area of missions. And it's not just about praying for missionaries. For us as missionaries, we need somebody to be faithful here. The missionary that I'm going to go help, his name is Luke Shelby. Luke Shelby is, I believe, about 50 years old. Um, his wife has a lot of health problems, and they have been through a lot trying to stay on the field, and they do their very best to stay there. Their heart is there. But I know, statistically, it probably won't be that many more years. If God gives them 10 more years or 15 more years, um, that, that'll be uh, great. But the day is coming when he's going to have to leave the field because of age and health and other things. But understand, the same is going to be true for me someday. And if there's not somebody taking a, little, a young person in their basket and letting them down and trying to protect them, there will be no David Smith to come, come replace me on the mission field. Why, understand the importance of letting this young person, this young believer, down by, and, and, and doing your part to help them 
to help the missionaries that are already on the field. Understand with me, these disciples were learners. These disciples were where God wanted them to be. But these disciples, they also were investing in somebody who was not yet a missionary. Think about Apostle Paul. It's one person in one basket. I really believe that those people that day were not thinking about all the people that Apostle Paul could reach someday. They were thinking about Apostle Paul and his life. But someday, Apostle Paul would have a lot bigger basket. He would have a basket that he used on a regular basis. He would let down a lot of people outside the wall in teaching them and investing in them. You think of Timothy uh, and many, many, many other people and preachers that Apostle Paul invested in as a missionary. We don't even know their names. But someday when those disciples get to heaven, they're going to find out that underneath the basket that Apostle Paul was in was a whole lot of people. If there was 200 churches and each church had 10 people, that would be 2,000. If each church had 100 people, uh, that would be 20,000. There are a lot of people, however you look at it, there were a lot of people in Apostle Paul's basket that he invested in through the years. But those disciples got a part and that fruit to, that uh, was laid up to their account because of what they did to help Apostle Paul. Now, I want you to think about Apostle Paul and this basket. And last thing, Lee, I want you to think about the idea that um, they let him down in a basket. You think about how that they were disciples, how that they were learners. You think about how that they were in the place that God wanted them to be. And think about how that they invested in somebody that was a new believer. You know, in, 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 your, in, in Heritage Baptist Church, if they don't, Heritage Baptist Church doesn't invest in young believers, old, young, and, and age, but young believers, there will be no new missionaries sent out of the Heritage Baptist Church. And you don't have to be an adult to invest in somebody that's in a basket. Every age of person. You know, I think back when I was a young person, I had two friends. One of them was Mark Nearing. And we go all the way back, literally, to the nursery. I have a few memories back there. But understand that I had another friend. My other friend is, is in church today, um, maybe not doing as, as, certainly not doing what he had talked about doing when we were young people. His name is James Shove. And we were good friends. You know, our idea when we grew up, I was going to be a missionary and Mark was going to be the evangelist and James was going to be a pastor. Okay, a lot of things changed as we grew up. But understand, I had friends that were trying to go the right direction at a young age. And regardless what age you are, I want you to think about the importance is not uh, in me giving to missions. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. We're not talking about even praying for missionaries this morning. We're talking about holding the ropes of somebody who's not yet a missionary. We're talking about doing what is right for your life. We're talking about you learning your own life. We're talking about you reading your Bible you coming to Sunday school, you studying the Word of God, and you trying to, your best to grow as a Christian. Hey, these, these disciples, had Ananias not been a learner, he would have said, hey, I, you know what, I already know who, who Saul is. You know what, no way am I going to go try to help this man. I already know who he was. But because Ananias was a disciple, he was a learner, he learned from God, 
and he learned something he did not know. He listened to what God had to say, and he did something that was very contrary to what he already knew and in, in going to help Saul. You think of how Ananias was willing to help Saul and how that he made a difference in Saul's life, in that segment of Saul's life. I want you to think about whoever you're helping today, all the people that are underneath them, all the people that they can help someday. Most of my Sunday school teachers that I had growing up don't come to Heritage Baptist Church anymore. And many of them maybe don't even know that I'm a missionary or doing anything. They have no idea what I'm doing in life today. But they had a part in my life at some point in time. I want you to think about, when you think about letting somebody down in a basket, I want you to think about just this idea of I want to be a learner. I want to be in the place that God wants me to be in. And regardless what this person looks like, how ugly they are, how young they are as a child, how um, not intelligent they are, however you want to say it, how insignificant this person is, I want to do my part to invest in the next generation. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to have your word preserved for us. Lord, we are grateful for this example, uh, these disciples that were willing to let um, Saul down in a basket and protect his life. Lord, something that maybe seemed like just the obvious thing to do, but had such a great impact on Saul's life in the future. Lord, we uh, ask that you would bless us as we go our separate ways today. Lord, protect us. And Lord, we ask all these things in your son's precious name. Amen.